Welcome to the Geek Therapy Podcast, where we talk about how geek culture is saving the world. One of the ways that I like to look at geek culture saving the world is through geek narratives, specifically um, stories that are just really powerful and can be very meaningful to people. Today we're going to talk about specifically female superheroes and female role models in geek narratives. And to talk about this, I'm joined by Laura Taylor, who is a contributing editor on Geek Therapy and the creator of Therapeutic Code, and Laura Vecchiola, who's been on the show before. She was on the San Diego panel, and we talked about I Kill Giants a few weeks ago. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thanks. So it was actually Laura's idea um, months ago. Um, Laura, you told me, Let's watch, uh, you should watch this documentary called the Wonder Woman documentary. Check it out. It's really good. And I had never seen it before. And I know we all saw it. So that's kind of the, the basis for, for this conversation. And it'll, it'll get us started. Did, what did you guys think? I know, I know um, Laura, you had seen it before. But uh, Laura, what, um, what did you think of it? I don't know. It was really interesting because I actually have never read a Wonder Woman comic. I know hardly anything about her except, you know, the lasso, the invisible jet, the bracelets. Um, but it was really cool hearing about her history and where she came from and her process through time. So the history is that Wonder Woman in particular was created by a psychologist to kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was to essentially show that women were powerful, right? That right. Was, that was his main his main reasoning. Yeah, yeah he actually said that uh, he thought that there was going to be a matriarchy within 100 years, and I think we're getting close to that, and I don't think it's going to happen, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're getting close to the 100 years, but not very close to the uh, matriarchy. Um, not only that, but Wonder Woman has changed so much over the years. They actually go through how, how the character kind of really, really went away from what it was originally supposed to be. Mm -hmm. kind of I think, yeah, I think it's interesting how the documentary kind of followed her through both like um, how politics and, and the history of our country influenced her as a character, but then also how she influenced... Um, you know, some of the more political movements, particularly the feminist movement. Was, was, has Wonder Woman ever been a character that you cared about or, or knew about? So it's interesting. We, we were just talking a little bit before that I didn't start reading comics until my senior year of high school. And, um, and, but before that, I had a Wonder Woman t-shirt and I had a Wonder Woman um, tumbler that I would bring to school. And so even before really, like, knowing her as a comic book character, she was just so iconic. And, like, if you were a girl, Wonder Woman was your icon, was your hero, whether or not you read comics. Um, and then I, I stumbled upon comics through mutual friends, and I started reading. Um, I actually started reading a lot of DC stuff, but I never really liked Wonder Woman. I never... Um, I never like connected with her. I never found her stories to be as exciting. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting too. That like she she was supposed to be, and that could have been part of it too. It's like, well, I only have one female superhero, you know, in the DC universe from what I was reading to choose from, and I didn't want to choose her. And I and I don't know, like I can't remember who said it in the documentary, but if if it was just I think after a while, the content of her stories wasn't 
so much the point. It was what she represented. They really didn't talk about what stories were going on while that documentary was on, which is interesting because right. I, I just read them and, and it would have been cool if they would have uh, touched on that. So t- so you didn't want to really look at Wonder Woman. It, it would, I guess it didn't appeal to you. What about you, Lara? Was it was there anything about the character that did appeal to you? Or Well, I mean, I knew who she was, but I'm more of a Marvel fan. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I kind of shied away from, and Marvel, for the most part, there were more females. In, right. If you look at the X-Men, you had Storm, you have Rogue, Jubilee, Jean Grey, all of that, and DC really only had one big one, and they're slowly starting to get more, but really, there's one standalone character, and it's Wonder Woman. The one thing for me was always the costume. I really didn't like Wonder Woman's costume. I have an issue with costumes in general and a lot of superheroes. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I was actually just going to mention that I think a big part of her lacking appeal for me was at first glance, she does not look like a, like a feminist icon. I think the only reason why um, she was iconic for girls was because she was our only choice. And But really, when you look at her, I mean, the outfit is, it's like, kind of pin-up-y, and um, she just doesn't, without knowing really this this wonderful story that this um, documentary presents, you just, I think I took a lot for granted, or I, I kind of was more dismissive than I, I should have been. Right, and she's from, she's an Amazon, she's from another world, and she ends up looking so patriotic to the United right. States because of the time when she was right. created. Right. Um, and that just stuck. I mean, other characters have had changes in costume, and hers is just the same because that's what we associate with her. Mm-hmm. Hot pants and a tube top. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, feel like I, feel, I feel like we've sort of gotten up like this this bad of just kind of bashing Wonder Woman, but I mean, I, I do think there is something to say for how just her, the visualization of her as a character and how sexualized she is. Yeah, because we had Which, Xena who was an Amazon also, right? Right, She looked right. like a badass. She, was, totally. she had leather armor and it was practical and she was strong and she wasn't in a bathing suit. Right, right. 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 But she still managed to be sexy enough for what they wanted for her purposes, right? They mm-hmm. wanted her to be strong and appealing um, yeah. to everybody. So, Yeah. So it, I thought it was interesting. When the documentary came out is right around the time when Wonder Woman was going through this period in her comic books called The Odyssey. And uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but she actually has uh, an alternate costume where she has long pants long black pants and uh, boots that are like kind of part of the pants. And then she has a red, the, the top part of the costume still looks the same. And she has a jacket over it. And she still has the tiara, but and less W's all over the place. She has stars and, and places <laughs> W's. But it looks like it, it's a combination of like real clothing, you know, um, practical right. looking. Hmm. She looked younger. Um, and I actually started reading Wonder Woman at that point because I thought that that costume looked very modern and very cool. At the end, they actually completely do away with it, and it's all kind of like an alternate reality. And a lot of people didn't like it, according to the letters in the in the back of the comics. People were not um, because because it wasn't the iconic look. And 
I don't know. I don't know. To me, that that was a really cool look when they were going to do that TV series. And now that they're going to do the movie, I wonder what kind of look they're going to go for. Yeah, I'm really curious on, on how they take the, the, the film approach and how they'll dress her. But I think it's interesting. I, I'm a huge fan of um, a lot of people that were were in part of this, and the the lead singer of Bikini Kill. Uh, yes. She, yeah, she's awesome. She talked. She made a really good point about how when you're presented with such like a dearth of strong characters, that you start to think that what you're presented with represents like a strong character. And I wonder if that has something to do with how Wonder Woman is represented visually. If we're just so used to her looking that pin-up, sexy, hot pants kind of a look, that when we're presented with a fully clothed, more functional costume, it almost takes away her power because uh, maybe even on like a, a, a subconscious level, we equate her sexiness with her power. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think some people I, do. I think that makes sense, yeah. And people just don't like change in general. True, true, very true. Um, Anytime I, anything changes, with, whether it's with the layout of a website or <laughs> a costume in a in a char- comic book character, they don't they don't like it. Um, change is difficult. <laughs> but it's so weird that the character, the, the whole documentary is about how the character represents so much more than even the stories that are on uh, on the page or on TV. Right, right. And yet she can't transcend that that visual look because she hasn't changed in all these years. Well, and even when they were talking about like how she had such a huge impact on like the 1970s sort of second wave feminism, you know, where they had showed like the Charlie's angels and the bionic girl, which I never watched, but I, I do know Charlie's angels. All those women, though they were powerful and doing things that men were doing and doing things that women didn't do before that, they still had that sex appeal, you know, so that's still something which is very controversial because to take that away, is it taking away like a femininity or is it still buying into that sort of um, the visual value of women over like the, their strength? I don't know. I still think that uh, it's like Charlie's Angels, they use their sexiness to solve missions and, and, yeah. and achieve certain goals sometimes. But Wonder Woman isn't, I don't think she's like that at all. She's, you know, like if you, if you probably approached her and told her she was sexy, I don't think, you know, she's more aggressive. She's like, mm-hmm. she is a hard ass actually. In most of the representations, the modern representations that I've seen, um, I've ne- I I don't remember ever watching the Linda Carter um, TV series, so I don't I don't know what that representation is like. But I know that from the comics I've read from the last couple of years, she she's she's a badass. I'll, I'll yeah. keep using that word to describe Wonder Woman. Well, that yeah, I think that's that's maybe something that needs to be represented more because that's not at all the the Wonder Woman that I'm familiar with, and it's because probably I haven't read the the more recent stories. And that's good. I'm happy to hear she's a badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always seen her that way. She is a, she is really a warrior. Um, and she's also like a, a good representation of a foreigner. So in a lot of the comics, she's um, especially in, in lately, you'll see that in the cartoons, in the Justice League cartoons. And uh, there was a DC animated movie recently. Have you have you have you guys seen any of those? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. 
Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're really good, especially the the full length feature um, of Wonder Woman. It's really good. But they always show her since she's this outsider and she comes to this new this new this new place. She's there's always these jokes about how you know. Oh, you're eating ice cream. What is ice cream? Like, what is what is this thing you call <laughs> yeah. ice cream? Like, I don't know what that is. She's always um, kind of have that foreigner feel, um, and. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but like an outsider, like she and, and she never completely fits in, sure. um, which is part of why I like the Odyssey um, portion of it. Um, but there, again, yeah, there are a lot of staples um, um, of her character that I guess never transcend in the costume. But so, so uh, Lara, you are more familiar with Marvel comics. Are you familiar with Miss Marvel? Um, not too much, except that recently they, she was, she became Captain Marvel, yep. and now they have a Miss Marvel who is now a young girl who is Muslim. Yep, yep. Oh. And, and I bring her I up because... I haven't had a chance to look at that yet. And I bring her up because she, she's actually a very similar character to Wonder Woman in the sense that she is just, she can fly, she's super strong, and her costume has always been super mm-hmm. revealing and impractical. Just, just ridiculous. Yeah. You yeah. Know, um, and recently they, without much um, explanation, like there's no story reason for it, the new comic just starts out and she says, um, I'm trying something new. And she has a full body um, costume. And, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And she looks, um, again, without much explanation or anything, she just oh, says yeah. in the comic, I'm trying something new. And when I read about it, um, so she takes on story-wise. It, it, there's a reason why she takes on Captain Marvel, and she's not Ms. Marvel anymore. But apparently, at Marvel, they were discussing this for years. That after 35 years, why are we still calling her Ms. Marvel? Like uh, it's kind of um, not so demeaning, but it's very. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Right? Like she's. She was actually from the beginning of her origin. She was a uh, um, Air Force pilot. So she. She was actually a colonel. Um, so it's funny that she, now she's Captain Marvel, but right. there's jokes about, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. There's a joke between Captain America and Captain Marvel in the first episode where Captain America says that he's always trying to get her demoted and they're joking about that because she outranks him. And, right. and on the comic right. book, they actually put that she is Earth's mightiest hero. So they, they, they put it like she is the strongest of the Avengers of any of them. But it's so interesting. I saw all these parallels between her having this costume and this uh, this identity for all these years, and then she can still be that character, but she can look different. Oh, she does her hair different. Yeah. Oh. Um, that reminds me, just the other day, I was reading a little bit of Batgirl Year One, and she's fighting, what was it, the killer moth, and breaks her heel. And she's just made her costume, and it's impractical. And so afterwards, she... Makes she decides screw this. I'm gonna wear rubber-soled boots. I'm gonna be running around. If I'm gonna be running around, I'm gonna run around in something practical. Um, but that's a more recent depiction of something practical in the costuming. Because when you look at the other past costumes of other characters, it's not at all that way. Their their chest is hanging out, or they're wearing high heels. Or I don't know what else, but it it's interesting to see how things are slowly changing. And that's a good point because DC, when they rebooted two years ago, they rebooted their entire universe. Everybody came out with armor, 
Superman right. has armor, Batman has armor, Flash has armor, and Wonder Woman has a bathing suit still. <laughs> it is so it's so weird. And and when they start when they first showed her, she actually had pants on. And then you can actually find the same artwork um where they just painted over what were pant legs uh, and they just painted over it in skin color and changed the the drawing to to again look like the like the old bathing suit look. Interesting. So, so Jim Lee's designs, yeah, Jim Lee actually designed the Odyssey version and then what was supposed to be the new version. Um, yeah, so it's so weird. I, I mean, we, I, I would love to talk to somebody about why, about what kind of conversations went on there and they, they decided to keep it that way. But, but again, but like that, that doesn't really affect uh, the character. The stories are really good. I really like the new um, ongoing stories. It's very, it's all about mythology. Um, but, so the character doesn't really mean that much. It doesn't represent. It doesn't mean to me what it might mean to other people. Sure. Um, to the both of you, it's it's not such an important character. But have you ever known anybody um, who who the character did mean a lot to? Um, actually, so one of the people in the documentary, Andy Mangles, I've met him. Um, oh, cool. He's uh, he's been in charge for retired quote-unquote, um, from running the Gaze and Comics panel at um, SDCC uh, a couple years ago. But before that, he was in charge of doing the panel. Um, and every year, he comes with his sideburns and his beard shaved into Wonder Woman, the W with the... And it's really cool. Um, interesting to me that someone who is so into Wonder Woman and finds this connection with her is actually a man. Um, right. But he is an, an out gay man, and he in the documentary he talks about how her ideals of compassion and love and empowering women is something that he really identifies with as a gay man. And I think more so than other characters, and this is something that um, I think Andy mentioned as well, is that she's like a character who fights with community in mind and it's not just her versus the bad guy she still she kind of along with her sense of compassion there's a sense of community and i i really enjoyed his piece with the um gosh how much did he say they raised like eighty nine thousand dollars or something something like that it was just incredible to help victims of domestic abuse And, and and i yeah and i found it so moving when he said like this is what wonder woman would do yeah, because she really would do that. Right. I think. And and that documentary talked a lot about other female characters and we've mentioned some of them. So what characters have have either of you like a, or actually, you know, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna actually ask why do do you think that the character of Wonder Woman has to be has to represent the things that she like all these feminist views that they that they mentioned that she did represent at the beginning and over time, mm-hmm. whether you're reading it or not, that she represented this, this, this feminist culture and, and perspective. Do you think there's still a responsibility for the character to represent that? Or do you think she still does that today? I think regardless of whether she has to or not, she's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is so iconic. I mean, she's one of the big three for DC. She is the epitome of a female superhero as far as many people are concerned. A lot of people don't know about 
Batgirl, Batwoman, right. Supergirl, Power Girl, but they do know Wonder Woman um, if they know any. And I think that, um, like I said, she whether she has to or not, she is the representation of feminism and uh, women. Yeah, because in the um, in the documentary they mentioned this that Gail Simone was the first woman to ever um, be a writer on Wonder Woman continuously. Yeah. For yeah. I think in sixty six years they said for Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And after her <laughs> there hasn't been a female writer either. Right, which is incredible thinking yeah. you know, she was created by a man. Mm-hmm. She was carried through all of her stories by a man and then Gail Simone and I, I'm I feel terrible, I'm not familiar with her story arcs at all, but I do find that interesting. Yeah, after Gail Simone, it was um, Straczynski, and now it's Azzarello, and yeah. um, and it's it's just really interesting that that if that that's why I ask, is she supposed to represent that? Like, if I'm DC, and do I feel a responsibility for Wonder Woman to represent sure. very particular ideals? And if I'm doing that, should I have? Is it okay if I have a guy writing it? Um, does it matter? I don't know. I, you know, I don't I don't know if it matters. <laughs> like who who's penning and you know who's illustrating I think I think content really says it all because even when you follow her through the documentary her I think her most powerful time was when she was sort of taking on that patriot role and you know in the 1940s uh, not really early 50s and that was when she was being penned by men but it was still something that reflected the strength in women as a whole as going out and working, you know, in factories while while the men were out fighting. So I don't, I don't know if it matters who's writing her. I think it matters what's being written. I agree. I think I agree with that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there just to see just to see what the thoughts were. Um and, and the documentary isn't all about Wonder Woman, right? I mean for the most part, it is, but it, it touches on all these other um, female characters in comics. So now, a, a more broad question: Do either of you think that uh, women are well represented in comic books? Do they get their fair share? And there's no matriarchy like uh, the creator was hoping yeah, for. Yeah, but, right. but so so the best parts of the documentary had to do with like there was this little girl who was dressing up as Wonder Woman, and she's telling you what the character right. is about and what it means to her, and how. She loves Wonder Woman, but her mom is also a hero because she's a paramedic. She helps people every day. I started to cry during yeah. that part. <laughs> that was such a sweet. Oh, me too. Me too. And, and that's the best part, right? So who, whoever is writing it, whatever the story is, if the character means that to somebody, that's that's where they get me, that's right? What that's matters. what I yeah. exactly. That's what I love to see. And so, do you think we have that? Like, yeah, there are tons of females in comic books. Do you think there are enough out there that are are still able to do that, like to inspire people, to help girls, women, just anybody to, to kind of push forward. Are there still any of those role models out there? I, I mean, I think there are, are uh, a decent amount of strong um, female role models for young girls nowadays to look up to. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's enough. <laughs> Right. I, I don't think there's equal representation. Um, one of the most fascinating uh, parts of this documentary was a woman who was doing research on um, female action movie characters yeah. and um, how underrepresented they are and just the different gender roles within 
you know, who drives a story, um, how female-driven stories just don't don't do as well. And I and I still think that's a problem. You know, I think to, for we for young women to find role models, strong role models, they have to be sought out, which is a shame. I think right now there's a lot of talk about how The Hunger Games is doing great, Frozen did great mm-hmm. in theaters, yeah. and how all these movies that have come out over the past two years have been have had female leads and have actually made money, right? So a lot of people think that they, they won't be successful, but at least now we're, we have a lot of examples we're, to counter yeah, that. Yeah, I think we're, like, we're starting at some momentum. So can you, can you think of any? Right now, that are because uh, like our, sure, our sure, there are more. Yeah, yeah, because sure, so there are more male characters, um, more male leads than female. But there's a lot of characters that just aren't. I would say they aren't motivating or inspirational or or or, or great role models. Sure. Like yeah, Batman is always an example of like all this stuff that he represents, but and Superman used to be Superman now, not so much. I mean, you know, that changes. Um, but there are characters, there are a lot of characters that nobody talks about because they don't really have that big of an impact. So what, what female characters are there now that maybe do have an impact um, or that have, that have stood out to either of you? In comics or anywhere? <laughs> anywhere is fine. <laughs> okay. Um, like you mentioned, the Hunger Games, I think, is really important. Um, my niece loves Katniss and when I was in line to go see Catching Fire, there were girls walking by saying, oh my god, Katniss is my hero! And my niece says the same thing. Um, and she, of course, goes out and buys a bow and she wants to be an nice. archer now. But I think she's the most iconic character this of this last couple years because she's so strong and because she takes care of the men around her and she has a soft side. Um, right, and has the chance, she cares about her family, and they're like her her weakness or her kryptonite, if you will. So she wants to protect them, um, and she sacrifices herself for her sister, which is such an interesting thing because in the documentary they were talking about um, so many strong women being willing to sacrifice themselves for the world or their family or their loved one. Um, and how women have more to give than just their lives um, and more to mm-hmm. offer. Yeah, I think um, although she has been off the air for quite some time, my quintessential strong female role model that was a personal role model for me was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, we all have a shared, a shared, shared love for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but um, I think what again, is what's so appealing about Buffy that they talk about in this documentary is that female characters, female heroes are still, are still human. And and I like that a lot about Buffy. My favorite thing about Buffy, and I was watching her while I was in high school, which was great because all those awkward, awful moments in high school, (laughs) you know, even though hers might've been because of supernatural reasons, uh, high school was still awkward for her. And she felt insecure in a lot of ways, but then she would go out at night and kick ass. Mm-hmm. And that was so important that, that they show this dual side of her. Yes, she is a warrior, but she's also a human being. And I think um, that I think shows that's... that, you know, any girl could be a hero. 
the girl next door could be a right, hero. Right. You or I could be a hero. Um, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I agree. I agree. I also really liked um, how much the documentary paid um, homage to, to Ripley from Aliens. Because I was a, a late, I guess, late bloomer in, in loving Aliens. I didn't see the first Aliens movie till like, five or six years ago. But she is one of the coolest, most badass female leads maybe ever in, in my book. And I think they said it perfectly when whoever was narrati- narrating at that point said, could this character be replaced by a man without, you know, anyone, anybody batting an eye? Is it that equal of a, of a role? And I, I totally feel like Ripley could have been a dude. But the fact that it was Sigourney Weaver and she did this phenomenal job, I, I think she's a great, a great, great role model in, in modern media. I think you mentioned to us earlier that you were watching Battlestar. Um, yes. You know, that's a situation where the original series, Starbuck, was a guy, and then right. Starbuck is such a badass. And Starbuck is series. my yeah. favorite. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I, I will admit this is – I'm still on, like, season – I just started season three, so this is, like, my, my binging sort of – You're halfway through. Okay. But, yeah, but I think Starbuck within the first, like, you know, first episode of that – miniseries mm-hmm. she was just my favorite I just loved her attitude I loved the fact that she was smoking a huge cigar I was like she's Wolverine that's awesome <laughs> like she just I, I like I wanted to be Starbucks I still do I want to be Starbucks <laughs> I mentioned before I was kind of researching different uh, female um, superheroes for so we could talk today and 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 Laura, you mentioned having your niece. I've been thinking about that lately. I have a niece who's she's gonna be three this year, and right. you know Christmas came around, and I'm looking at at different things like, well, well, what would I get her? What kind of character would I would I want to get her toys of or a book of so so that she would maybe see a character that she would like to emulate? And I gotta say that Miss Marvel comic that I mentioned before is really really good. Um, I've been reading Batwoman for the last couple of years. I really like that. I think she's a really important character. Um, Batgirl. I used to love Batgirl before the New Fifty Two, and I haven't right. read too much yeah. of the of the new one. Stephanie Brown was my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite comic books. Um, the Batgirl comic before the New Fifty Two. I oh, I miss that character so much. <laughs> um, it still it still hurts me. Um, it's, yeah, I was gonna say it's still raw. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I'm angry at some people. Um, I don't care how good the new one is. Um, in, vi- in video games this year, we had um, Tomb Raider got uh, kind of a restart. And it was on a lot of Game of the Year lists. Um, really? And that's, that's Lara Croft. It's a, it's a very new, modern version of the old character. Um, but even uh, I did, I, I interviewed um, a girl named Victoria on the show. And she sure. had told me about how... To her, the 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 character of Lara Croft was so, you know, was so inspiring and, and meant so much to her. And I wonder what this new um, this new version of of Lara Croft will do for for newer generations because it's just a really really good game. And it's kind of that like what you said could the character be either or. Now it's interesting because a lot of these video games and things that we're 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 able to experience now, with the story they, it's written for a particular character, but um, there are a lot of games like uh, RPGs or MMOs where you can create your own 
your own version. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the character is. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Um, or, or, you know, there's no features about it that are really important except for because it's, it's you create it to be whatever you want it to be. So those are the ones that I thought of um, that are kind of current, maybe very um, positive role models in terms of um, geeky stuff out there right now. Um, uh, they mentioned Harry Potter in the in the documentary. Hermione was, I think, a yeah. fantastic character. Right. But I think it was interesting. She's still though. secondary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they yeah. said, what would it be called if, or how would it have done rather if it was called Harriet Potter? Harriet Potter, yeah. Right. And, it was a, and I think that's just interesting. I mean, there's obviously no way to know. Yeah. But it would be it's an interesting thought. You know, Hermione is a very strong character, but Laura, like you said, she is she's a supporting character. Right. And then you look at other things like he um say Twilight. And I like Twilight. Oh, it's my guilty pleasure. But okay. when you look at Bella <laughs> when you look at Bella, she's not a role model at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nope, nope. <laughs> you know a lot of girls look up to her. As long as we're admitting like our our guilty pleasures, but I I agree. I think that the Twilight has its its appeal, but she's so passive. Exactly, and she's not yeah. my favorite character. So no, she's not. But uh, but okay. So what what is that actress's name? Kirsten. Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Um, you know, our culture has really strong feelings about her either way. I feel like she, she's either loved or hated. But I right. will say that I think her, um, the movie that she was in, the new adaptation of Snow White, uh-huh. I, I really enjoyed that sort of reimagining of Snow White because I think they they took that passivity out of the character of Snow White and she... At the end of that movie, she was in a full armor suit, like, side-by-side with other warriors fighting against the evil queen. And and so that's that was an interesting, you know, fairly recent um, reimagining where the female force in that movie was a force to be reckoned with and not just this passive character that needed saving from the prince or from whatever male character. Alice that in Wonderland kind of, did the same thing recently. Yeah, she was yeah, in a full yeah. suit of armor. But and that kind of reminds me of um, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, um, yeah. That oh, TV show. There's yeah. many strong female characters on that show. Yeah, um, and the lead all of the strong characters. Yeah, only only it's like only the female characters are the are the strong ones. <laughs> yeah, right. I think the main characters are either like shysty or. Uh, Prince Charming is a pansy, and yeah, Shakespeare or a pansy. <laughs> and uh, um, yes, Snow White is a badass. Um, her daughter is the the savior and main hero of the whole story. Right, um, right. And Red Regina Riding Hood is the... is actually the the wolf. Yeah, Regina, the big the evil queen. She's she, a, she's a human, yeah. and she has this quality of I am a badass, but then she also has her human side where she does feel and I think once again making women who are strong human I I don't know I'm a big advocate for that I don't necessarily need the badass badass I need the badass who has a heart so yeah Yeah. Yeah, Regina is just as much an evil badass as she is a mother on that show exactly those are the two Mm -hmm. main qualities yeah I love that show by the way just uh, 
So do I. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the Wicked Witch of the West Netflix. is coming. Yes. Oh yes. I'm never gonna see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> so much good things to watch. And Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is actually really good too. I haven't started watching that. I haven't one. either. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> And again, it's like it's it's the the knave of hearts is her sidekick. You know, the guy is the sidekick in this. In yeah. This, um, yeah. And there's two bad guys. There's actually you have the queen of hearts and Jafar. Okay. Come on, Laura. You, you got to see Jafar live action. I and, I yeah. really do. I want to see. I don't have TV though. I have to wait. I have to wait for everything to come out on Netflix. <laughs> You're gonna be waiting a while for that one. I yeah. know. I know. I have to figure out how to yeah. download things. But Hulu, Hulu, get Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Oh. There it is. But but even there, like so, they have the the evil queen and Jafar are the two bad guys on the show. But they're neck and neck; they're always competing against each other, and and that's that's good. That's really good. I mean, Jafar always yeah. underestimates the queen, but the queen always uh, is one step ahead of him. All right. So the three of us are mental health professionals. We work with we've worked with kids actually. All three of us. I know we've all mm-hmm. we've all been able to share that. So. Especially with adults, I haven't really had much of an opportunity to to talk about fictional female um, um, role models. But with kids, it comes up a lot more. Um, sure. So do you do you either of you have any stories or, or anything or any stories that come to mind with clients that really had a go to female character? I mean, I mostly work with teenage boys, mm-hmm. um, so. The comments I get from them for the most time are, are like, damn, she's hot. But, <laughs> um, but for them to get excited about the fact that she's kicking butt. And um, I think one of the kids I work with is really excited about Wonder Woman being in the new Batman, Superman, whatever they're going to call it movie. Mm-hmm. And when I took him to see Thor, um, he was really excited about Thor and Loki's mom kicking butt. Yeah. He was like, I would, I bet my mom would have been like that. Wow. Um, wow. And he lost his mom a few years ago. Um, so that was really interesting to talk to him about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. So like, I don't know. Did he, well, I mean, you know, we don't have to go into detail, but it just sounds like it was a lot easier to talk about, about his mom seeing something like that, seeing a really powerful, strong female figure on the screen. Yeah, well, and I do know that his mom had been a victim of domestic violence when he was young, and so he might have been thinking, you know, if mom had lived, maybe she'd be like that now, Um, but she did fight for him, so I think, you know, it did help him to open up a little bit about her. Um, yeah. She is a topic that he doesn't talk about much except to say that he misses her. And so to get a little window into what he thought of her through a fictional character was pretty powerful. Um, in my in my work with kids, I think that I see young boys sort of gravitate towards heroes far more often. And I was I actually had to like really stretch and think about um the the young girls that I've worked with and really the the closest I've had and it's um not any superhero but I I think still a really great female role model was a a young girl that I worked with who loved um 
Merida from Brave, from Disney's mm-hmm. Brave. Yeah. Uh, and I think she would talk about, um, like, wanting to go run in the in the forest to find fairies. And that was kind of her, like, fantasy of being Merida, was just being, like, free in the forest and kind of getting into trouble and going out when she wasn't supposed to. But And that's mentioned briefly, whereas I have these young male clients who will talk your ear off about, you know, I have a, a little kid now who's just, like, obsessed with all the Robins, like the lineages of Robins. And, <laughs> I mean, he could talk for days. Um, so I think it shows how, like, prevalent it is and how much exposure young children get where it's just sort of like this. And, and the little girl that I'm speaking of, it, she loved Merida when that movie first came out. I, I don't know if that's still a icon for her that she holds or, or how that works, but I've definitely noticed that that working with heroes and working with fictional role models, I have a lot more to work with with my male population than I do with girls. Yeah, and my experience is exactly the same. The boys, that's just all that they're talking about. And the girls seem more varied. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I've seen the situation where the you know the girl wants to fit in with the other boys, so she'll try to make some sort of comment. Or, or when mm-hmm. you know when they're all trying to choose which hero they are, then yeah, there, there's less to choose from. But usually there'll be Wonder Woman or um, Black Widow. Black Widow. Right yeah. 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 But yeah. I guess now that we put it in this framework, now. Now I'm concerned because it's absolutely true. Yeah. There is, there yeah. is no. It's kind of sad, actually. That was. Yeah, yeah. It's a little yeah. bit of a downer. I mean, there's yeah. just such a lack of, of resources for what characters we can use in therapy for for young women. Yeah. And and it's an issue of like familiarity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I I know of a bunch that I love, but that doesn't mean that, that my client mean, is no. gonna mean you know or is gonna um is going to be able to relate to any of those characters. And the, the what you said about Brave is absolutely true, especially, I mean, it happens to me, but it happens with kids too. I have a favorite today. <laughs> right. But next year right. it may not be my favorite. So, yeah, right. so is there a constant stream of 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 characters that, that these girls can relate to? What my niece will like today, that toy that I buy her today, will she still like it next year? Probably right. not. Or will it? Will she have exposure to it next year? Yeah, her mom you know? definitely won't talk to her about it. Her dad might not. They don't really know about it. Are the teachers interacting in that sort of way? Right. One, one experience I had was um, I worked with a group of kids once, and and I was the only one that would engage with the kids about video games and superheroes, and that's what they knew. That's what they talked about, and. And even though the everybody kind of went into the male characters, but there really wasn't anything, any female character that for them to go mm-hmm. into. I'm trying to think on video games, and there's really nothing, especially more age appropriate, like younger, um, th- that I could say is a really good game. Because even you know, even something like Mario, you have years yeah, princess, and years. Princess Peach. And, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, for the first time since Mario Two, you can actually be Princess Peach in the game, mm-hmm. and be on equal footing. Um, Although, when you look at Zelda. Um, she was a badass in Ocarina of Time and mm-hmm. in um, Twilight Princess. Yep. So, yeah, I haven't played too many of the other games all the way to the end, but <laughs> yeah, but um, she also she always she... has a supporting. At least she's one more that's more. She has as much of a supporting role as a damsel in distress role. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's her balance. <laughs> she's never really the hero except in those two cases. 
Exactly. Um, she's always a supporting character. In some of the um, DS games, she's even like a ghost that is kind of helping you around. She takes on the the fairy role um, yeah. of being your, your assistant. Yeah, so that... that it is kind of, this is kind of depressing now. <laughs> it is, yeah. I think, well, I mean, I think we've just completely switched, like, the time frame in which we're thinking, like, the first half of this is sort of the, the progression and past from the 1940s when Wonder Woman was created till now. Yeah, yeah. But considering that we all do work with young clients, it's depressing that this is where we're at yeah. for them. Like, it's just, I wish there was more that I could give. Yeah. You know, the young girls that I work with, there was better characters or more for them to choose from, frankly. Yeah, because because I've I've had young female clients even talk about the video games that they play. It could be Call of Duty. It could be Halo. It could yeah. be anything like that. Yeah. But when it comes to a story, to an actual character that they relate to, I can't. I really can't think of any. Well, and I, I'm remembering now when I was a, a girl, I mean, I had, I'm sure this had something to do with it, but I had all male cousins. Mm-hmm. But I I would have to fight to be like a male character. Like my, when we were playing <laughs> Ninja Turtles, like the, I they always made me be April, and I didn't I didn't want to be April. <laughs> I wanted to be Michelangelo or Raphael. Like I wanted to fight and get a cool walkie-talkie. And so it's I That's, think like it, even just you know I'm, from our childhood too. It was rough. Like I first fell in love with Batman when I started getting into superheroes. I related to Batman and it's because really what were my other options as a as a female role model? I think it's it is kind of sad. So as as clinicians, right? As as uh, as mental health professionals working with with clients, um at least from what I know about the both of you, I don't I'm going to assume that you've never had any, that you've never done what I'm going to, about to explain. Um, and my <laughs> upbringing, I was always surrounded by, by women. I have two sisters. I, you know, I was raised by my grandmother for a while. Um, it's always been, I'm in mental health. So every class I was in, it was all girls and me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just been normal, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, that, that's been my life. It was never a problem. So when female issues or characters or, or would come up or female mm-hmm. clients in group settings would, would want to talk. I could, I could go into talking as much about music and, and um, I would play Barbie's video games with my sister if that's what she wanted to play. And I would play, you know, Mario with my mom. Like there was, I had no problem transitioning um, into what would be considered stereotypical gender. Yeah. Um, stereotypes and roles um and things like that but i have seen i have seen this and it bugs me where people who are in our position right, mental health professionals will tell a kid oh but that's a girl thing oh that's a guy thing. oh that, like, <laughs> that's I mean, awful i mean you you yeah. both know that i have long hair and um i've had a lot of little kids ask me like oh uh, why do you have girl hair and i yeah. love it when they bring that up because it, it i'm able to bring up this um this conversation about gender and about how it doesn't really matter and how that's not really a thing girl hair boy hair um but a lot of people i've seen it they'll shy away from that and they'll just tell them that's a boy thing that's a girl thing or, they, oh, or you sure. split them up oh that mm-hmm. bugs me so much <laughs> i have um in my office uh where i work right now i have like a huge batman print and then on like my table i have both the marvel and the dc like encyclopedias like the big comprehensive books for like the kids to look through and they love those 
and I overheard one of my kids telling another kid, like, yeah, you should go to Miss V's office. She has all this comic stuff. And she's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so interesting that, like, that was, you know, that so young that those distinctions are so clearly made. Yeah, yeah. And and we we're in an opportunity. We have an opportunity to absolutely do yeah, something do. about that. Yeah. Oh, and so many people don't. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, like you were saying at the very beginning, Laura, change is difficult. Change is difficult. <laughs> but, but but we have the you know opportune sort of relationship with other people to to ease change. So. Thank you both for coming on the show, and I hope that people listening uh, aren't too confused between Lara and Laura. So, <laughs> so um, just give you guys an opportunity to say what you've been working on, or what we should, um, how we can find you, how we can contact you. So, Lara. So, like you said before, I've been working on a blog, Therapeutic Code, um, and. It's basically the same idea, geeky therapy stuff, geeky psychology stuff. Um, You can find it at therapeuticcode.tumblr.com, and I also have a Twitter and Facebook for those, um, Therapeutic Code, at Therapeutic Code, and um, for Facebook, Facebook slash Therapeutic Code. I'm also writing for geektherapy.com. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Invited a lot there. more stuff coming coming very soon. Very excited. And Laura, so um, what are you working on and, and how can people reach you? Um, well, I am currently working on my dissertation in clinical psychology, so right now I'm a bit of a hermit. Um, <laughs> so it's hard to find me. Well, it's not really that hard. I'm usually just in the library. But um, I'm working on doing research um uh, taking ideas of like the hero's journey through um, mythology and different literary sources and applying that to trauma therapy and how we can use those narratives in trauma work. So um, if that's something that interests you, please contact me. You can reach me by email, which is probably the best way. And it's Laura Vecchio, L-A-U-R-A-V-E-C-C-H-I-O, 99, at gmail.com. Um, before you go, it was your cat that we heard on the episode. Yeah, that's my cat Odysseus. Okay. He's he's a kitten, and he was annoyed that I wasn't paying attention to him. So gotcha. Gotcha. I apologize if, if he was interrupting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to both of you for coming on, and thank you to the producers of the Wonder Woman documentary who made it available to us for, for us to watch and, and discuss it here. Um, I'm thinking maybe sometime soon we'll write some stuff up about it. Um, it wasn't the main focus of the of the the episode, but it definitely got the conversation going. So thank you to them also. And I will put information on everything we've talked about in the show notes. So again, thank you, Laura. Laura. And for more information on Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com or find us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. Okay.